Father's Day, I'd put this suit on to make sure I could still get in. And got in. I told Greg, I was kidding him. I said, old Del Riddle, he probably shocked. As casual as we are here, if y'all were here at Revival, you'd understand. Wearing suits. Greg even said, we might have to snap a picture and send it to him on his phone. See? But uh, uh, one of Aesop's fables was of a dog who had a, a bone in his mouth and he was living with such abandon as, as he was running and chasing his shadow. And then, then he came to this bridge and, and when he came to the bridge, uh, he happened to look in the water and he saw his reflection. He saw that bone in the reflection. He thought, man, I'll give me another bone. So he, he jumped in the water. First, he dropped his bone on the ground. Then he jumped in the water so he'd have room to get that bone. And while he was swimming in the water, where's the bone? And he looked up and another dog comes by and grabs his bone and trots off. And so now he's without anything because he chased the reflection. And, and, and here's the moral of the story or, or the lesson that comes out of Aesop's fables as, as it is shared. He, he says, beware lest you lose the substance while looking at the shadow." And it's so easy to, to lose the substance while we look at the shadow in life. And as I thought about this, uh, shadow living instead of substance living usually begins with those two famous words, if only. Ladies, you know, if only I had married that man. He's so dreamy. I just don't do that well. But, but you know, or... Or if only I had that home. Man, what a home. My life would be so different if I had that home. Or if only I had those children. Man, life would be, it'd be better. Or if only I had that job. And if you're not careful, you live in the if only. You live in the shadows instead of substance. And this morning, we're going to look at a very familiar passage of Scripture. Proverbs 31. As we find the, the proverb... It's interesting that the book of Proverbs closes with truth about a godly woman. And, and it gives all the traits of that woman. You know, just like we've been watching Andy stand on Wednesday nights. And the other night he was talking about a parable. And, and he'd say, you know, it's supposed to be just like this. And he'd say, it's a parable. It's a parable. Well, here, it's a proverb. Okay, well, ladies, it's not suggesting you have to be exactly like this woman and have the cape and everything else and be Supergirl. Uh, but rather, it's a guideline to go by. So turn me Proverbs 31. We're going to read uh, verse 10 through the end of the chapter. And I'm going to ask you if you'll stand in God's honor as a read from his word. A wife of noble character, who can find? She is worth far more than rubies. Her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. She selects wool and flax and works with eager hands. She's like the merchant ships bringing her food from afar. She gets up while it's still dark. She provides food for her family and portions for her servant girls. She considers a field and buys it out of her earnings and plants a vineyard. She sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for her tasks. She sees that her trading is profitable. And her lamp does not go out at night. In her hand, she holds the distaff and grips the spindle with her fingers. She opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. When it snows, she has no fear for her household. For all of them are clothed in scarlet. 
She makes coverings for her bed. She's clothed in fine linen and purple. Her husband is respected at the city gate where he takes his seat among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them and supplies the merchants with sashes. She is clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. She speaks with wisdom and faithful instructions on her tongue. She watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children arise and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive. Beauty is fleeting. But a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her the reward she she has earned and let her works bring her praise at the city gate. Let's pray. Father, here we are, gathered at a day where we remember moms, Lord. Father, how awesome when a mom loves you as she loves her children. I pray, Father, as we look at your word this morning, may all of us be encouraged because these traits really should be part of all our lives. But thank you that we can take some time this morning and pay honor to those who are special to us, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. Before I actually get into the traits listed here, there's something very significant here that that I want to share. In Proverbs 31, as the chapter starts, the very first verse says, The sayings of King Lemuel. An oracle his mother taught him. It's interesting as you get down to the section we read, verses 10 through 31. There are 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet, and every verse starts with a letter of the Hebrew alphabet. And most scholars believe this was for memory purposes. So that as a child was raised, they, they could learn this by heart. And, and, and each letter signified a you know, a portion of the proverb, and and they're able to commit to memory. And it's interesting here, it says that this is the sayings of King Lemuel. And quite honestly, no one knows who he is. (laughs) There is no record of King Lemuel in history. And so scholars have wondered who King Lemuel is. And in that quest, many have come back and said, well, hey, this is consistent with Solomon." That maybe this was King Solomon. And if this was the case, guys, I just want you to stop and and I want you to think about this. If this is the sayings of King Lemuel that he learned from his mother, he learned them from Bathsheba. And often when we think of Bathsheba, what do we remember? We we remember what, you know, happened when David went up on the roof and he called Bathsheba. I mean, not David. uh, Yeah, David. David is up on the roof called Bathsheba and out of that Solomon was born. You know, we remember all the... All the failures. Remember all the faults. We remember the fall of Bathsheba. Man. What we have here is is a beautiful description that came from his mom. Wouldn't it be awesome if this came from Bathsheba? A woman that we're known for only for how she fell. What she didn't do in God's eyes. But man, think about what she did do in God's eyes. Passing this on to David. These wonderful truths. And as I thought about this, it's one thing I love about Christianity. And I love about Jesus is the second chance. 
Man, we're all a bunch of mess-ups, a bunch of screw-ups. But praise be to God, He forgives us. And He loves us. And He gives us a new chance. That's what it's all about. And, and man, I, I, I'm going to have to find that out when I get to heaven for sure. and ch- Double-check this. But I love the thought. I've told many of you uh, the story of my Aunt Pearl. I could not help but think of her as I thought of this because my Aunt Pearl was one of my favorite uh, characters. We all said she was too mean to die. She had three or four heart attacks. and Oh, man, she was something. And uh, I, it was so sad, though, because years ago, my Aunt Pearl was a bad alcoholic. She just really struggled with that. And uh, there were some bad things that happened, and she deserted her family, just disappeared one day. And, uh, you know, there was a lot of pain that came with her humor and her meanness. But it was really interesting. Um, I was the last six months of her life. She got reconnected with her children. And there was a bunch of forgiveness. And out of that, she got connected with Jesus Christ. And so the last six months was a new start. And there were hugs. And it was as it was meant to be. And although there were all those wasted years and there was all that pain, man, it ended well. And you know what? It didn't really end because they, she stepped into eternity. And she's waiting for her children to come up there so the story can continue. Man, that's the good news about Jesus. There's hope and there's new life and there's new chances. And, and I say that because we look at this woman's, you know, the, the old Proverbs 31 woman. Got to be in a Proverbs. And then you look at that and say, oh my, do I fall short of that? So did Bathsheba. <laughs> but what a wonderful story of grace, isn't it? Awesome, wonderful story of grace. Proverbs 14, the first verse says, The wise woman builds her house, but with her own hands, the foolish one tears hers down. There's so much power in in a woman in her home. Proverbs 12, verse 4 says, A wife of noble character is her husband's crown, but a disgraceful wife is like decay in his bones. There's quite a difference there between a crown and decay in the bones. And... uh, One is living in the substance. One is living in the shadows. And it's interesting to think that in this awesome book of wisdom, we close with this picture of a woman that that walks with God and is faithful in her family that that God works through. That picture of grace made me think of Isaiah 40, 30, and 31. Many of you guys can quote it. I know in the NIV it says, Even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord or renew their strength. (laughs) They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary, and they will walk and not faint. Man, he gives that new life, that new strength, that that new hope. Now, let's move on here uh, and get in the passage itself. Verse 10 says, A wife of noble character, who can find? In other words, a wife, a woman of noble character, she's rare. When things get hot and you want to blow your stack is the time you keep your cool. And that doesn't naturally happen, does it? I, uh, Charlie Brown, one of my favorite comic strips, there's this one strip and it features Lucy. And uh, Lucy says, I love the world. It's people I can't stand. Have y'all ever felt like that? See? And Judith Viorst, she interviewed a bunch of kids on what's a good mother like and I want to read to you uh, what she wrote out of that. It says, Veers reports, 
that children expected their mother to get angry from time to time. She has to, said Ted, or she'll faint from holding it in. But it's best to remember, said Randy, that when your mother starts to act real weird, you have to look scared and serious. Don't giggle. When mommies are mad, they get madder if you giggle. My mommy got so mad, said Megan, that she yanked the plate off the table and all the mashed potatoes flew in the air. And why, Veers asked, pretending she'd never heard of such shocking behavior. Why would a mother do a thing like that? Well, said Megan, she told my older brother, Mike, he's 11 years old, to eat the potatoes on his plate. And he said, later. And then she told him again to eat the potatoes, and Mike said, soon. And then she told him he had better eat those potatoes right now, and he said, in a minute. And then she stood up and Mike finally took a bite and told her, how can I eat them? They're cold. (laughs) Man, it's not easy. Relationships aren't easy. And and it's amazing a a woman who has the ability in those tough times where it's easy to get heated up to remain cool. Second, she is invaluable. Look at the second part of that verse. She's worth far more. Than rubies. Um, You can't put a price tag. On a godly woman. They are precious beyond description. And just a blessing. A blessing you can't really put into words fully. That's for sure. Verse 11 says. Her husband has full confidence in her. And lacks nothing of value. Man. Talk about invaluable. Where a husband has that full confidence in his wife. And I mean they're able to function together in a a way that's a real team. There's that full confidence. Lacks nothing of value because she's so valuable. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. We'd say um, she's in his corner. She affirms it. I mean, think about Jezebel, you know, he led Ahab into evil and, and, you know, all that. When you had that big confrontation with Elijah and then Job's wife, just, you know, just curse God, die. And then Solomon, it said that his heart was moved away from women who did not love and follow God. So what a blessing, what, what a comfort uh, that's a wife that, that encourages her husband. Man, that's just an awesome blessing to have. A, a good friend of mine... I wish I could see, you know, how distance is. I hadn't seen him in a few years. His name's Jim Brady. And um, Jim, he ended up going to work for the local power company in Moncure, North Carolina, where he lived. And he, he started out, and he just naturally had a gift uh, among engineering. And, and so before long, even though he didn't have a college education, he, he became the supervisor among those at the power plant there. And there was a glitch in the computer system, and he got laid off. So he went home. He, he didn't know it was a glitch at the time, though. He thought he lost his job. So he got home, and he thought, what am I going to do? i got to have a job. And so he and his wife, Rachel, they began to talk and figure out what they were going to do. And, and uh, he came up with this idea that he wanted to troubleshoot nuclear power plants. He, you know, he wanted to do that as a vocation. And so he, he got all confident he was ready to go for it then he got a call back from the power company and they informed it was just a computer mistake we need you to come back jim 
So he goes back and his boss calls him in the office and says, Jim, I really like you and we need you here. And I'm going to be honest with you. I think you should go for this. Talked about doing something else and I think you could succeed. He came home and he said to Rachel, <laughs> he said, well, you know, this is what my boss said, but this is a sure thing. I go to that packet, you know, three out of four businesses when you start off, they fail. And I, you know, we got to have food on the table. Jim said, Rachel looked at him and said, Jim Brady, you're not going back to that power company. You're going to start this company and you're going to do well and I'm going to be right beside you. And that's what happened. And God blessed that business. Matter of fact, I close with one final story I thought was amusing. Jim called me up one day and he said that he got a call from a power company in North Carolina, a nuclear power plant. And uh, they said, you know, we're thinking about working for another company, one out of India. And Jim said, well, you know, that's fine. You can have any company you want work for you. But if there's a meltdown in the nuclear power plant, who do you think is going to get there quicker? They stayed with Jim Brady's company. Uh, anyway, uh, moving on here to the next point. Verse 22 talks about strength of character that is possessed. It says, she makes coverings for her head. She is clothed in fine linen and purple, the the color of majesty, the, the, the color of royalty, of, of character. In verse 25, she's clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. True femininity, it's not weakness. It's a beautiful strength that takes delight in her loved ones. That, that is there. And, and just marching through here. Uh, verse 13, she selects wool and flax, works with eager hands. She's at work in her home. Verse 14, she's the ultimate bargain hunter. You know, hit those yard sales. You know, find those sales at the stores. She's like the merchant ships bringing her food from afar. Man, she cuts out those coupons. She's, you know. that. Um, then verse 15, she gets up while it's still dark, provides food for her family, portions for her servant girls. Uh, she's generous with those in her home. <laughs> and, and she's industrious. And there again, this is a parable, you know. Okay, we're not, I'm not trying to put the cape on you, ladies. Um, but this is just something to go by here of, of goals to shoot at. She considers a field and buys it. Out of the earnings, she plants a vineyard. Man, she sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for her tasks. <laughs> she sees her trading's profitable. And her lamp does not go out at night. So does this mean she never sleeps? I mean, is the scripture here, you know, given the idea that she is one tough bird? Man, I can get by on an hour and have to sleep every night. You know, no. As a matter of fact, in the ancient East, there was a picture of a lamp being left on at night that signified that God had blessed the family with wealth. And by the light being on, it was a symbol to the community, I'm always here for you. It's a way of saying to the neighbors, when your heart is broken, when you can't pay your bills, and when you feel crushed, you can come to me. And you'll find a friend You'll find somebody with a compassionate heart. You'll find somebody who will be there for you. Look at verse 20 as, as this uh, continues. Says, she opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. She's the kind of woman who certainly worships God jointly, you know, be at church. But that's not all there is to her. She cares about the people that are around her and, and, and she's willing to... Be involved in their lives. To bring comfort and, and just to love people. 
that's, that's how she is. And as we go down through here, uh, we're told uh, of the importance of uh, letting her know that she's loved and, and um, of, of speaking to her. Um, it says, her children arise and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. You know, we speak a lot about the fact that one day the children rise up and say, man, mom, I was so blessed to have you. But I don't think we speak enough about the husband doing that too. Guys, we have a job to let those precious women in our lives know that they're wonderful. They're a blessing. They're special. None of this if only. But rather, I'm so blessed to have you in my life. Now this, you know, this is important. These little notes of encouragement. These little ways of saying uh, you're special. It matters. It matters. Um, Max Lucado, the great you know illustrations man one of his books he tells a story it came out actually he said a san diego newspaper about a little bird named chirpy chirpy got his name because he was always singing one day um the lady of the home she was working vigorously because they were gonna have company later she had her vacuum cleaner and he was cleaning around she looked in chirpy's cage and said boy this cage needs to be cleaned out. So she opened the cage door and she put that vacuum cleaner in there to suck up the bottom of the cage. And when she did, there goes Chirpy. Yep, sucked right into the vacuum cleaner. And so you can imagine, she was horrified. So she cuts off the vacuum cleaner, you know, she takes out the bag, she rips open the bag and she finds Chirpy, you know. He's having a moment, you know. But he's alive. So she takes him and she puts him under the water faucet and she scrubs him down with soap and she cleans him. And then after she did that, she takes a blow dryer and blows Chirpy dry. What a day if you're a bird, right? And and so they asked her, uh, so Chirpy alive? Yes. Well, what's he like? said, he doesn't sing anymore. May God protect us from becoming people that don't sing anymore. Amen. And what a blessing, uh, the women who are who know that. Um, I heard about a young mother who had three unruly preschoolers. She was asked if you know she would do it all over again, and she said, "Yeah, just not the same children." <laughs> and uh, we have all certainly had those. Days. Today's Mother's Day. Um, very ladies, very needed who loves the Lord. As I've said, I mean, it'd be awesome to have all of these traits and to live all of these traits. But I guess my encouragement to you is not that you, you know, perfect this list, but rather pick something and say, God, where do you want me to improve? God, where do you want to get a hold of my life? Where, where do you want to use me? And pick something there to work on um, that God will do a work. Proverbs 30, verse 11 says, There are those who curse their fathers and do not bless their mothers. A couple of thoughts here. We're not to curse our fathers. We all have reasons. 
maybe. Um, I know my dad worked three jobs and I seldom got to see him. I think very highly of him, but I could say, man, you never spend any time with me. (laughs) But it also says, do not bless their mothers. We're called to let our moms know the blessing that they are to us. I encourage you to do that today if you can. Now, there's some of us whose mother has already stepped into eternity. Maybe what we can do is tell someone else we love what a blessing they were to us. I always think of uh, my wife's mom. I told her I was going to share this today. So much tragedy. When she was three years old, through a terrible accident, her father was electrocuted. So her father was dead when she was three. At the age of nine, her mother was battling cancer. And she ended up having to go to some relatives who really did not want her. At age 11, her mother was dead as well. And there have been many times, I guarantee you, she wishes she could call her mom. Or she wishes she could see her dad. And you know the great thing about Jesus. One day she will. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, uh, here we are. We thank you, Father. For those precious women, Lord. That make life blessing, Lord. Uh, I pray for them and... uh, Pray also, Father, for all of us that we would learn to trust and love you, that you know what's best and what you're up to is far more than we can do. So transform us, Lord. Bless us for your glory, Lord. In Christ's name we pray.